1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 2, it says, I praise you for remembering me in everything, for holding to the traditions just as I passed them on to you. But I want you to realize that the head, can I get everybody to say head? That the head of every man, head means authority, the head of every man is Christ. And the head of the woman is man. And the head of Christ is God. Now Ephesians chapter 5 verse 21, I'm going to have to break this down. It says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So if there's any brother that says, woman, you submit to me, you could just show them right here, Ephesians 5, we submit to each other. All right? Now, submission, the best way I can get us to understand this is breaking it down. Submission. When you submit, it's when you substitute your mission. Okay? Whatever you want, your desire, your will, I'm substituting my mission for the kingdom mission. Does this make sense? Does this make sense? And then also I want you to know submission is never demanded. It's always modeled. All right. Okay. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourself to your own husband. Can I get somebody to say own? It's the problem if you're more submitted to your boss than your husband. Okay. It's the problem if the pastor can tell you to do something and you'll jump faster to do that than your own husband. All right, this was single people too, okay? Submit yourselves, because you desire marriage possibly one day too. Submit yourselves to your own husband as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head, once again, the authority. The husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, for which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Are there any sisters that that kind of bother you? Does that everything? <laughs> submit to your husbands in everything. Now, it's not talking about toxicity. It's not talking about woman do what I say because I am fully convinced a kingdom woman has no problem following a kingdom man. The problem is when you want to be followed, but you're not going anywhere, bruh. Y'all got my Houston coming out. I said, bruh, I have no problem following a kingdom man. It's when you want me to follow you and you're not going nowhere. You're not submitted to Christ. I just want us to understand that, okay? So in everything, but you got to get this, verse 25, it says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. To make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with the water through the word. And to present herself to him as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish. But holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. So we have a problem right there because if he hates himself, what makes you think he's going to love you? Okay. Husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself.
One of the things that my parents taught me that time has revealed to be true is there is more that is caught than taught, okay? More is caught than taught. Every household comes with a template. Can I get somebody to say template? Every household comes with a template. You don't have to ask for it. You probably haven't even recognized you caught it, but more is caught than taught. There is something that you caught in your household, and there is something that I caught in my household. Every household comes with templates. So what ends up happening is we start walking around impregnated with a template. And perhaps you meet somebody, you can even marry them. But what you haven't recognized is you just don't marry that person, you marry their template. Listen, you didn't just marry him, you married whatever he caught. You didn't just marry her, you married whatever she caught. You're not just hooking up with him, you're hooking up with everything he caught. Because more is caught than taught. Now, this is why I believe divorce happens, because we have a template before we ever even had a candidate. Y'all not talking to me. We have things that we have caught before there was ever a candidate. So what we end up doing is when we meet that person, we give them their lines. These are the lines of the character that I have in the template in my mind. And so how divorce happens is there's lines that you want me to memorize, but I'm not going to be that character. There are lines that you want her to memorize, but she's not going to be that character. Everybody has a template. Can I get somebody to say template? Everybody has a template. Well, guess what? The kingdom of heaven has a template too. And I have a sneaky suspicion that there are people under the sound of my voice and watching online that you have arrived to this place. Enough is enough. This is not going to continue in my house, not my house. There won't be addiction in my house, not my house. There won't be abandonment in my house, not my house. There won't be pain in my house, not my house. There won't be trauma in my house, not in my house. Can I get somebody to say, not my house? Not in my house. There'll be love in my house. There will be peace. Somebody should clap right there. There will be peace in my house. There will be joy in my house. The kingdom government will be in full effect in my house. Somebody say, not in my house. So God, would you give us the wisdom? Would you give us the grace? And would you help us unlearn lessons from our first teacher? That's getting in the way of us being kingdom. It's in your precious son's name we pray. Anoint me to be the PA system of heaven. All the study means absolutely nothing if you aren't seen, if you aren't magnified, and if you aren't glorified. I'm asking that you do it in Jesus' name. And everybody who agrees with that, agrees with that prayer would just shout in the room, amen. amen. I know y'all used to me giving this long spiel before I get to my introduction and stuff, right? Not tonight. Because there's so much I have to share with you. I want to speak from this thought, from this subject, for part five of our Kingdom Vibes Only series, Not in My House. Not in my house. 
not in my house. His confession time, you know how I do. I don't know if you speak the word over yourself outside of church. So when you hear, I'm going to make sure you speak the word. So can I get everybody watching to put this in the room in all caps and everybody under the sound of my voice. Can I get us to say, Father, I'm not convinced. Say, Father, all that I have is yours. All that I am is yours. Your will be done in my life and in my home. In Jesus' name, amen. Does anybody agree with that? So let's, let's get to work. The head of every man is Christ. And the head of woman is man. And the head of Christ is God. Husbands, love your wife like Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, washing her with the water of the word to present to himself a radiant church without spot, blemish, or wrinkle. Let's dissect this and let's exegete this passage because it is impossible for us to have a Kingdom Vibes only series and not discuss or touch on the fact that God has a design and a framework for the home. I know it's not common, and I'm going to say that all throughout this message until I'm preaching and sweating out my clothes. I know it's not common, but God has a design for the home. God has a blueprint for the home. God has a system for the home. God has an order for the home. God has a model for kingdom households. Because watch this, the home is the epicenter of a generation. Did y'all hear what I just said? The home is the epicenter. It is the control center for the home. Because whatever is going on in the majority of our households will always be in concert with what's going on in society. Did y'all hear me? Whatever is going on in the majority of our homes will be in concert with what is going on in society. So godless homes are setups that spawn godless people. Okay? Now don't misconstrue what I'm saying. I was intentional when I said setup because the state of your home is not a verdict for your destiny. There are too many people. Thank you for the golf claps. There are too many people who have come from toxic homes and are now killing it for the kingdom. And there are too many people who have come from kingdom homes and they're acting like they don't know who Jesus is. They act like, who is Jesus? They think Christ was Jesus' last name. Too many people. <laughs> there are too many people who have come from toxic homes and now are kingdom. The state of the home is not the verdict for your destiny. However, the state of the home does aim us in a direction. It's only by the grace of God that some of us have not hit the target that our households were aiming at. I need to say that again. It's only by the grace of God. You know how your household was. You know how your childhood was. It is only by the grace of God that whatever your household was aiming at, you didn't hit. Somebody say grace. grace. God has a design. 
God has an order. I don't know why I feel this, y'all. God has a system for the home. Whatever happens in the majority of households will be in concert with what happens in society. Because the home is a garden. It is the place where seeds are planted, personalities are formed, and beliefs are fostered. Somebody say the home. God has a kingdom agenda for the home. If there's godlessness in the home, that's a setup to spawn godly, godless people. If there is trauma in the home, that is a setup to spawn traumatized people. If there is brokenness in the home, that is a setup to spawn broken people. If there is dysfunction in the home, that is a setup to spawn people who have dysfunctional mindsets, so much so to where we learn how to function in dysfunction. And so when you hear a message like this on tonight that's presenting to you the original kingdom agenda, it's possible that I have learned to function in dysfunction for so long that when you present to me functional, I call that dysfunction. God has a design for the home, godly homes are setups to spawn godly people, and kingdom homes are setups to spawn kingdom people. God has a design for the home. I'm just convinced that heaven wants your home to be your safe house, not your psychiatric ward. Preach Holy Ghost. God has a design for the home. I'm just convinced. That God has a design in the home so much so to where the home is the anchor for your wellness, not the incubator to your illness. God has a design for the home. The home should be the shelter from chaos. I should come here to get away from the chaos in the world, not come home and my house is chaotic. I'm going to preach this thing, y'all. I know it's heavy. I'm just being obedient. This should be a place that is shelter from the chaos. I get away from the chaos by coming home. My home should be a place where my soul is refreshed. It should be a place where my heart can breathe. Woosaw on them boys. It should be a place where I can express myself. The home should be a clinic for my wounds. It should be a place where the kingdom agenda is in full effect. And some of us right now under the sound of my voice in the sacred sanctuary and watching online, your personality has been altered by what happened in your house. By what happened in your house. And God's saying, listen, I want you to inform my people that yes, we can shout kingdom vibes only, but I have a kingdom framework and I have a kingdom system and I have a kingdom government that is especially for the home of my believer. The kingdom agenda should be effect, in effect in my home. The children should be able to hear daddy praying or reading the word in the middle of the night versus watching him coming in watching him see pornography. They should be able to see him read the word because the kingdom agenda is in effect here. They should be able to hear their mother singing. It doesn't matter if she sounds like a billy goat. <laughs> the Bible says make a joyful noise. She making joys, noise and it's joyful. 
It doesn't matter how she sounds, but they should be able to hear their mother singing rather a Maverick City song or Elevation Worship song or any biblically saturated kingdom song that is worshiping their father. They should hear that versus hearing mama gossip on the phone. Because the kingdom agenda is in full effect here. They should see mom and daddy kiss in the kitchen. They should. This is a template and a model to baby girl on your value. Notice how your father is honoring and loves your mother. This is a template. Catch that because more is caught than taught. He should be able to see his father cleaning up around the house. That's not a woman's job. We ain't going to get no help. I'm going to just preach and be obedient. That's not just a woman's job. He should be able to see his, mother, his father serving his mother. That is a syllabus on what manhood looks like. This is what manhood looks like. They should see mom and daddy kiss. And they might say, ew. But you know what? It's better for them to say, ew, than scream, mama, Stop. Daddy, stop hitting mama. Get off of her. Put the knife down. Put the gun down. Stop. Stop. It's better for them to say ill for them to see that. God has a kingdom agenda for the home, and he's always going to hold that man more responsible. We just read it. In our text, the husband is the head. He's going to hold you responsible for two reasons. Because I put you there to be the authority. Every man who is not married, this still takes residence to you. You need to understand that God is summoning me if I desire marriage because everybody doesn't desire it. Marriage is a ministry and I'm just convinced everybody's not called to it. Amen. See how we got one amen? <laughs> if every single thing has to revolve around you, be the third word of that sentence, single. I told you, your throat, your shoe, your foot. I told you. He's always going to hold that man more responsible because you're the authority. You're the authority. You know why else he's going to hold that man responsible? Because you are the point of reference to me. Fathers are the point of reference to God. I'm not a woman. But if I was, it doesn't matter how cute old buddy is or how many six packs and eight packs this man has. I would ask myself, can my children see God in this man? I'm not a woman. I'm not. It's going to get awkward, but that's okay. I'm not trying to be popular. I'm trying to be obedient. I've been endorsed before I ever preached. It is okay for you to understand that as a man, I have to serve that's not weak. Amen. That's kingdom. That's kingdom. You are the point of reference to God. So when you keep your promises, it is a template to your children that God keeps his promises too. See, listen, my daughter always asks me, Daddy, can we do this? Do you promise? And I said, Daddy doesn't have to promise. Why? Because Daddy always keeps his word. It's something I'm instilling in her now so that when she begins to cultivate her own Christian journey, if she ever faces a hard place, 
If she's ever in a scary predicament, at least when she looks at her natural father, she will have a model that my natural father always kept his word. So I could trust that my father in heaven is always going to keep his word. Because fathers are the point of reference to God. When you're hard on your son, you got to make varsity. You got to make first place. You got to make straight A's. And when they don't, and you're mean to them, and treat them a certain type of way, guess what happens when they become adults? When they sin, because they will. When they miss the mark, because they will. They'll view God the same way their daddy viewed him. God's disgusted with me. God doesn't want me. Because I remember how my father treated me when I did not achieve what he wanted me to achieve. Because fathers are the point of reference to God. When you give your children the silent treatment, I'm like, how are we adults and do that? Like, are your feelings hurt? You're the adult. When you give your children silent treatment, you know what that's going to do? When they get older and they miss the mark, because they will, they'll point to the fact that daddy never talked to me when I screwed up. So maybe there's no point in praying, because if I screwed up here, just like my father was disappointed in me, God's disappointed in me too. We need more kingdom men who can stand on their word. I'm like, how can you stand on milk crates, but you can't stand on your word? I just want to know. And then for the life of me, my sisters, I'm like, how do we keep on saying that there's no good, there's no good men out here, all men and dogs, but we sure do keep ending up pregnant? All right, see? See? See there? Everybody wants real until the preacher's real back. All right. <laughs> Ain't no good men on that. Okay, but we keep in a pregnant though. I know it's not common, but God wants us to redeem the original kingdom agenda. One of the worst things you could ever do is be disappointed in your child and tell them to go to their room and not talk to them. You know what that does? That disciples the heart on how to hold grudges. I'm talking on the nights that trains the heart how to keep a record of wrongs. That is how depression forms. That's how misuse of the mind forms because I'm upset and there's nobody to talk to and I'm in my room and the only person I'm counseling is myself and my thoughts and my mom don't want to talk to me and my daddy doesn't want to talk to me. That trains your heart on how to hold grudges. One of the things my parents did, and I didn't understand it. Now I do as a man. My dad would correct me. I would do something. He would say, don't go outside. I would go outside and play basketball anyway. He would catch me, and he would spank me. You know, we believe in spankings. You know, you spare the rod, you spoil the child. Not abuse. Not abuse. But then after he would spank me, he would be like, all right, let's go get some ice cream. I don't want to go anywhere with you. Do you know what you just did to me? Why are we even talking? And he cracking jokes and, yeah, let's go get some ice cream. Bruh, I don't like you right now. But you know what that did to Jerry? It made it to where I don't know how to hold grudges. I can't. I tried before. I really can't because I have been trained. 
In a household, once you get corrected, you get loved. Once you get corrected, you get loved. This is so good, y'all. Once you get corrected, you get loved. So that when God corrects you, you don't view it like he doesn't love you. Because God corrects those that he loves. I know, I know this is hidden different. And I know it's not comfortable, nor is it common. But it is the original kingdom agenda. God has a design for the home. The home should be the first place of discipleship. Amen. See, most pastors won't tell you this, but it's not solely my responsibility to disciple anybody. Amen. It's not. It's not children's church. It's not vacation and Bible school. Discipleship should first start at home. Amen. All right. The kingdom agenda is for you to teach them relationship out of yours. Did y'all hear what I just said? It's for them to be able to learn about God through your relationship with them. I'm going to give you Bible. Y'all looking cray-cray? I'm going to give you Bible. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. It says, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Watch this, y'all. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at, what's that word? What's that word? Talk to me. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Tie them as a symbol on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Discipleship begins in the home. This, this is where they learn love, in the home. We can't keep sending our children to Hollywood and then get confused when they come back as actors. Okay? That's, that's how a lot of us ended up actors. Because we were told, go watch TV. Go play your games. We were sent to Hollywood and then we come back as actors. This is so good, y'all. Discipleship first starts in the home. And many of us right now right now are affected by the lessons from our first teacher. Trying to unlearn the lessons from our first teacher. Who was your first teacher to love? Who was your first teacher on how to handle pain? Who was your first teacher of sex? See, we talking about all of this tonight. We talking about all of it. And so now we're adults trying to unlearn the lessons from our first teacher. Give you more Bible. Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6, it says, Train up the child in the way he should go. Do you know what train means in Hebrew? It means dedicate. Dedicate your children in the way. Who is the way? Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Marry this. Dedicate your children in the way of the king. This is so good, y'all. Dedicate your children in the way of the king. A lot of us are struggling today because we got on the wrong train. Train up your children in the way he should go, and even when he is old, he will not depart from it. When we have kingdom households, it lays a kingdom leash. It's like you try to do stuff, but you just feel, I can't do that. 
Like, you know, I'm going to go to the club. Maybe I shouldn't. You don't really know why. You did it before, but I don't think I should go back tonight. They say, come on, we're going to happy hour. Yeah, I, wanna, I don't really know if I should go. It's because somewhere you had a praying grandmother. Somewhere you had a praying pastor, you had a praying father, you had a praying mother, somebody was praying for you. And I'm convinced that many of us still exist due to somebody's prayers. Somebody was praying for you. It lays that spiritual leash. I'm going to give you more Bible. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. It says, Fathers, so now it's back on the men. Do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up. Are y'all seeing this? Proverbs 22, train them up. Ephesians 6, bring them up. Bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And the word disciple, the root word is discipline. So in Matthew 28, verse 19, when Jesus says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, what he is saying is go therefore and make disciplined people. Go therefore and make people who have kingdom disciplines. So when we look at the text, it's saying, Daddy, teach your children kingdom disciplines and instruct them. We can't do that if when we come home, the first thing we do is sit in a lazy boy and watch the game. You're not off. You know at home, you're still at work. And this job is full-time, overtime, weekends, holidays, full-time. We're still working. Man, you made me miss the game. They threw an interception. Bruh, how you tripping over an interception thrown by a team and you throwing interceptions in real life, though? All right, let me keep going. <laughs> Can I get somebody to say your first teacher matters? First teacher matters. Some of us, our first teacher was divorce or abort. And so whenever something gets hard, we abort it. When certain things require more skill and more study, we abort it. When we don't like what somebody said to us, they could have even did it in love. We divorced them. I divorced that person. I divorced that church. I divorced that community group. See, I know church trauma is real. I preached it. I preached it. You can go online and find it. I know church trauma is real. It's real that the place of healing for many people has become the place of their trauma. I understand that. But listen, when somebody corrects you in love, when somebody corrects you in love, emphasis on love, we can't throw that under the banner of church hurt. No, your feelings are hurt. Your flesh is hurt because you have things that you want to do. This isn't church trauma. This is an opportunity to repent. If you don't have anybody in your life who corrects you, you don't have anybody in your life who loves you. The very people that you call and your friends, when is the last time they said, girl, you out of line for that? Hey, bro, you tripping hard right now. If you don't have anybody who does that and you have somebody that you call your circle, that's not a circle. That's a sale. Because real friends, correct. Your first teacher. Who is your first teacher? First teacher of love. First teacher of intimacy. Proverbs chapter 7, verse 27. This speaks of the immoral woman. It says, her house is a highway to the grave, leading down to the chambers of death. Somebody needs to teach that. 
teach that. I have to be the first teacher. This needs to happen in the home first. I need to teach my daughter and my son what it means when you get butterflies. Or if you really like them, you got like pterodactyls in your stomach. I need to be able to teach them what that means. We need fathers who will be able to teach their sons what does it mean when you have an erection. We should be able to talk about that in church. Teach them, son, this means you got good blood circulation. (laughs) You don't have no blocked arteries. You got a good blood flow, and you just entered into a phase of reproduction. But real kingdom man, think with this head. Preach, Holy Ghost. This needs to be talked about. Real kingdom manhood is not from the waist down. It's from the neck up. I need kingdom men in homes to teach this. To teach this because if we don't, we'll have somebody else try to teach them. This is what you do when you feel like this, girl. This is what you do when you feel like this, bro. We've had friends like that and we've done it and listened to them. And we're dealing with it today. I need discipleship in the home. Many of us, many of us, the hurtful thing is when your first teacher wasn't home, but it was perverted. So yeah, I hear you, Pastor Jay. My first teacher of sex was in the home, but it was from my stepfather. It was from my stepmother. We got to talk about this, y'all. We got to talk about it. It was from my stepmother. It happens to boys too. And I love my stepmother. I love my mother. But there were certain things that she made me do. And so you know what happens? We end up thinking the way to keep a man around is by doing the very thing that my stepfather made me do because I loved being around him. The very thing that my stepmother made me do is what I have to do to keep women around because that's what they taught me. And so we have this pattern of promiscuous behavior and usually all the church does is stone you for your sin, but they never teach you the kingdom agenda. Okay? You wrong. You out of line. But we never teach the kingdom agenda. And truth is, oh, we about to get in trouble. And truth is, many pastors, bishops, apostles, deacons, whatever you want to call them, have been doing the same thing. The only difference is theirs didn't go public. Yeah, theirs didn't go public. While we, are, while we are frowning on other people and pulling the cover off of them in gossip form, hear me. You may not be able to know the difference between keeping it real and gossiping. Oh, but your harvest will. So now we have this behavior of of being promiscuous or sex is disgusting. It's disgusting. Don't touch me. I I want a husband, but I don't even want to think about that. Because something in me died in a bedroom. Listen, y'all. I don't think it's old school to believe that sex was a gift intended to be given to spouses. See how we got like four (laughs) amens? I know it's not common, but it's the original kingdom agenda. Ooh, I feel this, y'all. Anytime a husband is more upset about his wife not wanting to be intimate, then he's concerned about what's going on in her soul. Yeah, we need to unlearn some stuff. 
We need to unlearn some stuff. When you can overlook the way you talk to her, the way you've been treating her, your tone and your verbal abuse, but all you want to do is let's get it on, but you're just overlooking everything that happened. We need to unlearn the lessons from our first teacher. It's kingdom when you want to understand what's going on on the inside of you. What's going on on the inside of you? Ephesians 5 tells us we love our wives. We love them. The reason I have to preach this is because it's the kingdom agenda. It's the kingdom agenda. I remember one day I was in the garage and Tanisha made me mad. I know y'all can't believe that. But <laughs> she made me mad. I'm in the garage. I can't stand this, man. Every time I'm trying to do this stuff and I'm just like well on this bag. Like I'm out here trying to change the world and she always, she just keep on saying something. You know, I'm just, I'm mad. I mean, the bag just rocking, rocking. I'm beating the brakes off this bag. And I just felt like God was talking to me so calm. I was like, uh, Jerry, uh, redefine guy. <laughs> Remember that whole Ephesians 5 thing? You did a whole devotional about it. Let, let, let's review that. Keep hitting the bag, though. Keep reviewing that. Okay? Love your wife like Christ loved the church. Gave himself up for her. Present to himself a church without spot, blemish, or wrinkle. And God was like, um, why are you complaining to me about her spots, her blemishes, and her wrinkle? That's your job. You see that spot? Wash it. You see that blemish? Clean it. Do you know how many men are complaining about what they're assigned to heal? Preach Holy Ghost. I know it's uncomfortable. I know it's hidden. I know it is. Because it hit me. I didn't want to hear it either. I didn't want to hear it either. You see that wrinkle? Iron it. And God began to reveal to me that true kingdom men have a washing capacity. If you can't wash, it says wash with the water of the word. You can't wash with no word if you don't know it. You can't wash with no word if you don't study it. I'm preaching on the night, y'all. So I recognize kingdom men wash. Now, ladies, don't clap too hard. <laughs> don't clap too hard because, listen, he can't wash if you don't show him your spot. This is so good, y'all. Y'all getting this online? This is good. I don't like being vulnerable. Well, he can't wash it. And so now his assignment with you, he can't even do because you don't want to be transparent. Don't even want to be transparent, but that's his assignment. We need to unlearn the lessons from our first teacher. Some of our experiences have been so intense, it manifests in your dreams. You wake up like, what in the world was that? Y'all have to raise your hand because I know it's awkward. But I'm talking about dreams that set your flesh on fire. You're like, what in the world? I'm praying? What in the whole Holy Ghost? <laughs> I'm watching Kingdom Vibes only? I'm binging sermons? Where in the world did that come from? And I want to encourage you. That doesn't mean that you're not delivered. That was a satanic attack. I'm trying to help somebody. That was a fiery dart. Thrown in your brain. See, listen, you can't always control what flies through your mind, but you can't control what lands. Okay? Fiery dart, 
I'm going to try to get your flesh on fire. I'm going to try to set you up. The enemy is trying to throw fiery darts that hopefully can spark a neurological root that could bloom into overthinking. It's a fiery dart. <laughs> the enemy only attacks those that are no longer his. Such a word, y'all. He only attacks those that are no longer his. So watch this, y'all. I'm looking at this text, and it says, however, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and wife must respect her husband. The Bible never says, wife, love your husband. Read it. Try it. All 66 books, 39 in the old, 27 in the new. <laughs> Nowhere will it say, love your husband. Am I saying don't love him? Absolutely not. But God is so cold with it that he knows how men are wired. He knows if you respect me, I feel loved. Okay? I feel loved when I'm respected. Now, let me give you a revelation, Jerry God. All these women who used to come to premarital counseling and all that stuff, I love him and I love, I'm like, okay. Here's the real question. What do you respect about him, though? Because the Bible says respect him. Don't tell me how much you love him and he always there and I can always call. And he, what do you respect about him? I'm not a woman, once again. But if I was, I would begin to observe, is there anything respectable about him? What in his life is respectful? Because my assignment as a kingdom woman, preach Holy Ghost, my assignment will be to find the thing to respect. What do you respect about him? What do you respect about him? I, I want you guys to see this, okay? I told my wife, Tanisha, come here real quick. I said, I want you guys to see this. I'm going to have to just do this next Thursday. I don't have time to finish everything, okay? I want you guys to see the phases of how this works and why I'm talking about this. Clap it up for my beautiful bride. So she's going to represent a single woman. I'm going to represent a single man. And this is going to represent marriage. Okay, we get it? Single man, single woman, marriage. Now listen, whatever she doesn't deal with in her single season, and whatever I don't deal with in my single season is going to be our marital problem in our covenant. Are y'all hearing me? Many times, marital problems are single problems that never got dealt with in the unmarried state. You hear me? So if you jacked up in your soloness, y'all definitely going to be jacked up in y'all togetherness. Okay? So... What happens in the original kingdom agenda is right here in my single state. In this phase of my life, it is critical that I know the Lord. Critical. Listen, if I don't know the Lord, all she will ever get from me is my logic, my emotion, and my experience. That's all you'll get from him. That's it. When I was out there beating that heavy bag, I wasn't listening to a podcast. I wasn't listening to a sermon. The Holy Spirit checked me. Who checks the carnal man? 
Who checks the godless man? It's not like he's considering, well, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says love is patient, love is kind. He's not considering that. He's going to treat you off of his logic. He's going to treat you out of his emotion, which for most men is anger. And he's going to treat you out of his experience. So look, right here is critical that I know Christ. Why? Because we just read in our foundational text. It says, husbands, love your wife like Christ loved the church. I cannot love her like Christ if I don't know Christ. Gosh, I hope y'all are getting this. It's not about how fine I am. It's not about how much money I have. It's not about how much history we have together. There is a level of love that God cosmically created for his daughter to receive until I know God for myself. She will never get that with me, ever. And it's the same for me. There's a level of love. I'm going to deal with that more on next Thursday. There's a level of love I need as a man, but I will never get from her if she doesn't love the Lord. Bruh, you talking about you want somebody to respect you? If she doesn't respect God, she surely ain't going to respect you. <laughs> Is this good? So there's some things I think that needs to happen while we're here. And, and the reason I want us to kind of see this it's because a lot of this message you may be like, man, he's talking about kids and married people. I ain't got no kids and I ain't married. But in this state, if we can get this wisdom now. So you don't learn the kingdom agenda once you say I do. Because your flesh, if your flesh ran you during your single state, just because you said I do doesn't mean your flesh does too. I just need to get married, bruh. Like, I'm trying to stay holy, practice purity. I need to get married. Bruh, marriage doesn't cure lust. If it did, adultery wouldn't exist. Marriage exposes. It doesn't cure. So right here, the first thing, can I get everybody to say the first thing? The first thing that has to happen is this brother has to know the Lord. And she has to know the Lord. I'm going to put y'all on game real quick. When you come together... It's supposed to be for purpose. Nobody said nothing. See, nobody said nothing. You heard that, Tanisha? Ain't nobody said nothing. When you come together, it's supposed to be for purpose. Okay? So let me show you how this, how a lot of married people get frustrated. Tanisha, look at me. Turn towards me. So if we are courting, we're talking, but I don't know my purpose. And she doesn't know her purpose. But she liked me, though. I'm handsome, huh? And I like her. She's beautiful. So let's go ahead and transition to get married. So you can go ahead and take your fine stuff over there. So I don't know my purpose. She don't know her purpose. But now we're together. And you hear sermons like this. It's okay, but I want to show you what happens. For the first five years or so, of your marriage, you are, while you're together, trying to unlearn first teacher lessons. While you're together, while we're having babies, together, I'm trying to learn the kingdom agenda. So for the first five years of our marriage, we detoxing together. <laughs> so good, y'all. You hear this, Miss Flowers? We're detoxing together, okay? Now, let's go back. It's the last time I make you move because I know I make you move a lot. So now, this, this is the kingdom agenda. 
if I know the Lord while I'm here and she knows the Lord while she's there, when we get married, the first five years of our marriage, we could be advancing. Are y'all getting this? We could be advancing because when we were right here, we were working. When we were right here, I don't know why we think we need a candidate to work. I don't know why we think we need potential to work. We work here so that when we get there, we're not spending. And if, if, if this is you, it's okay because many of us didn't know. But I'm just trying to give wisdom. This is to the single people. Right here works so when you get there, you can advance. If we don't work here, when we get there, we're going to have to deal with everything we should have handled right here. Does this make sense? The second thing that needs to happen right here, I'm talking about the man, he needs to know how to provide. Thank you for the two or three claps. Okay. Let me mess y'all up real quick. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Like I said, we have to disturb it. Let me mess y'all up. You know what I'm discovering? So, so there's something out here called mama's boys. Y'all heard of those? Okay. So there's two things that God revealed to me while studying. The first thing is a lot of men aren't looking for wife. They're not. They're looking for mama. Okay. Because right here, he never learned how to provide for himself. Mama did everything. Mama cooked clean. I'm talking this dude, 24 years old, still taking care of him. And so this is why he wants to know, let me have a key to your place. Yeah, he built and got a beard, but he doesn't know who he is. Okay? That's the first thing the Lord showed me. The second thing the Lord was revealing to me, I was like, why is there so much tension between mother-in-law when her son gets here? Y'all ready for this? Y'all ready for this? It's because many times mothers have used their sons to fill the role of husband. <laughs> now listen, listen. So come on, you the man of the house. You take the trash out. You got to do this for mama. You buy roses for mama. So by default, she lives her fantasy through her son. Okay? So when he finds a woman, no woman is good enough for my baby. Why? Because to her, it feels like a divorce. And it doesn't matter how godly she is, it doesn't matter how dope she is, she is losing her baby. And that person, that son, filled the role of husband for me. This is good, y'all. And so now we have in-law problems because we have mothers who have smothered to death. Let me go ahead and end this thing. Y'all not ready. So right here, he has to learn provision. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 6. It says, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we command you, brothers and sisters, to keep away from every believer who is idle. Somebody say idle. idle. And disruptive and does not live according to the teaching you received from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example. We were not idle with you. Nor did we eat anyone's food without paying for it. Are y'all hearing this? How are you asking you out, but he asking you to pay? Okay. Um, nor did we eat anyone's food without paying for it. Some of y'all didn't even know this was in the Bible. On the contrary, we worked night and day. 
laboring and toiling so that we would not be a burden to any of you. Are y'all seeing this? the Bible, y'all. We did this not because we do not have the right to such help, but in order to offer ourselves as a model, somebody say template, as a model for you to, to, to mimic. For even when you were with you, we gave you this rule. The one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. I feel like this is hitting heavy. Last thing I'm going to end with this. I don't have time to go to all my points. I'm going to end with this. The, second most criti- the third most critical thing that has to happen in this man's life before he ever gets there is he has to be affirmed. Listen, men need affirmation. We need it. It's not something that some brothers don't. Men need affirmation. If I have not been given affirmation, she'll never have a firm foundation. Never. When Jesus first got baptized, when he first got baptized, when he came out of the water, what happened? God said, this is my beloved son. In him, I am well pleased. Jesus just got affirmed. When a man is not affirmed in God, he'll be real needy with you. He'll be clingy with you. Everything will bother him. He'll be extremely sensitive. He'll be extremely emotional because I'm supposed to be affirmed outside of you. I have purpose outside of you. Is this good, y'all? Come on, Ms. Fires, let's pray. I'm done. I'm done. I have a whole lot more, but I'm going to do the rest next Thursday. Next Thursday. I know it was a lot. But I really felt in my spirit that a lot of us are suffering today and we probably haven't even recognized it because of households. The original kingdom agenda, God has a design for the home and his way works. Now listen, this message is not designed to make you feel bad. This message is designed to show you how bad life will get if I try to do king things my way so God says I have a template for the home I have a standard for the home I know it's not common but it affects generations personalities and your children's children and the way we start to get in our kingdom vibes only is we have to know the king And what goes on in our house must magnify the Lord. So God, in this moment, we're asking for you to help us. I've done it wrong. All of us have done it wrong. You told us in the word that no man is righteous. No, not one. But God, you are righteous. Our righteousness is like filthy rags. And we're asking, oh God, would you help us to do things your way? We surrender for doing things our way because every time we do things our way, we keep messing stuff up, God. And we get so frustrated because we don't understand we can't do king things our way. Help us to surrender and to repent and to return to the original kingdom agenda because you have a design, you have a blueprint, and you have a strategy for the home. 
because whatever happens in the majority of our households will always be in concert with society. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.